Hello, and welcome to Recapping with Delora and Ashley. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Recapping Podcast. Also, rate, review, and subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast platform. We're on all the things. We want to hear your thoughts on the movies and shows we review. Leave us a comment on Apple Podcasts or our YouTube channel, and we will read them during the show. Or reach out to us on social media. We love talking all things entertainment and pop culture with you. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you. Delora, they do not make film soundtracks like they used to. (laughs) What is your favorite film soundtrack from the era of film soundtracks? That's a great question. I'll probably say Waiting to Exhale or uh, Batman. (laughs) Wait, which one is it? Um, That's a curveball. I was not expecting. Is it the one with the penguin? Batman Returns. Batman Returns. I asked that question because our recap for today of the 90s throwback film Boomerang had an amazing soundtrack. <laughs> Love Should Have Brought You Home Last Night by the Tony Braxton. Yep. Is probably my fave still to this day. It was a moment. It was an era. My favorite is probably The Bodyguard, but Boomerang, y'all did y'all thing. Y'all had a great soundtrack. So back to the 90s we go for a film of Black excellence. Black legendary comedians, some shenanigans from Marcus, played by the incomparable Eddie Murphy. Yes. And some overall laughs, because what would an Eddie Murphy film be without some laughs? So I really wanted to recap. This is a throwback, guys, because I love this movie. One of my favorite rom-coms of this era. Released July 1st, 1992, and made $131 million. Big bucks. Quick summary. A cocky ad exec has a reputation as a ladies' man, but he gets a taste of his own medicine from his new boss after a merger. Directed by the Reginald Hudlin. Cast, as I mentioned, Eddie Murphy as Marcus Darling. Robin Givens as Jacqueline. Halle Berry as Angela. I'm only going to name those three. Y'all should know the rest of the cast. Pretty much. (laughs) Reviews, Delora. Rotten Tomatoes. I do not appreciate y'all. 48% critic score. 59% audience score. 65% of Google users gave this film a thumbs up. What is your grade for our throwback recap of Boomerang? All right, Ashley. So I remember seeing this movie when I was younger and re-watching it again for this particular recap, I realized I had no business watching this movie <laughs> before the age of 30. Like this, it, it was a lot going on in this movie. The fact that I did see this before I turned 20, I'm like, what? How did this happen? You know what I mean? Because my, oh my. But watching it with today's lenses, I'm going to give it a B and I'm giving it a B because Marcus is such a fuck boy. It is just (laughs) 
beyond anything that I could really uh, appreciate. So I'm just like, you know what? We're just going to keep it there. But I, I laugh. I mean, Eartha King, Grace Jones, Girl. Robin Gibbons, Halle Berry, like an all star cast. All star. And everyone was so good in it, too. So yes. the fact that I, you had Martin and Gina, who would go on to become iconic on their own in terms of sitcoms. I mean, exactly. It was it was almost too much. It was almost too good. I have to be honest. Um so to your point about seeing it when you were a kid, this is, and mom, I know you're listening to this, this is always my biggest gripe about why I was not allowed to watch In Living Color. I was able to watch all this other stuff. <laughs> I should have been able to watch In Living Color because- this has to be one of the most sexier movies of Laura, the time. Eddie Murphy was kissing, kissing these women. Do you hear That's me? That's what I am saying. And this is peak Eddie Murphy. Like, this is like after the success of Beverly Hills Cop in Harlem, but before the Eddie, uh, Nettie Professor, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Peak, he was like reigning in Hollywood and not just Black Hollywood, all of yes. Hollywood. This was an Eddie Murphy production, baby. Okay. Um, my grade, it's an A. I mean, of course, because this is one of my favorite Black, of course. not even just Black rom-coms. This is one of my favorite rom-coms, period. Yes. Um, It's the Black excellence for me that I was, I, the first time I watched this again recently, I was watching it with my brother and sister-in-law, and I was like, as a kid, because I was surrounded by Black people, I did not even note how Black this yes. damn office was. Exactly. I was like, are we just on the Black floor? Or the First whole of all, office this black. Y'all, Ashley and I are both corporate baddies, and we have never seen that many black people in the office never. in our entire career. Now, granted, I have yet to have the pleasure to work for a black-owned company. Yes. Which I look forward to because this was a black-owned company, both. And yes. we were in beauty True. and cosmetics and all that. So it'd yes. be like the equivalent of working for, you know, design essentials or uh, give me another black beauty brand. Myel is really popular. Myel, I have their leave-in conditioner right now. Carol's daughter. There we go. The lip bar, shout out Detroit. Yeah. Of those calibers, working for Essence is something that I would have loved to do, right? Yes. I used yes. to want to work at Vibe. So I'm sure if I had worked at Vibe, we would have had some of this, but that's definitely something I noted and loved so much, especially because this was 1992. And the fact that Eddie Murphy was in a position to have this fully black, black, yes. black movie and cast. Yep. I just loved y'all. I loved this era and I'm glad that we're seeing more black representation again, but damn, yeah. this was a time. Yeah. All right. Let me stop gushing. Let's move into spoiler alert so we can get into the good, good of the actual film. Marcus Graham Delora was not shit. <laughs> okay. That's how Mary had a little lamb. Girl, soon as the movie starts, he's sending roses to multiple women from his secretary with a note saying, thinking only of you. Lies to Leela Rashawn's character about having a missing dog, bought, even bought a leash off of a couple in the park. Disgusting. And told her he had a cheating ex-fiance. All just to get into her pants. He would also ask you once he slept with you, especially if you did not have pretty feet. Leela Rashawn's character, as an adult watching this, killed me. 
killed me. It was so painful to watch her play this part in this character. Because she was weird as fuck. She like weird. why? She was childish. She yes. the way she spoke. Like I was I told my brother, I was like, I've never met a woman like this in my life. Like never. this woman does not exist. <laughs> and so to have like who raised you, sis? Seriously. When he got to her house, she had the stuffed animals all on the bed. I was yes. like, she's a serial killer. You know what I'm Absolutely. saying? Absolutely. There, there's no women like this. So the fact this was portrayed like this in a movie was, I was like, I'm glad she had waiting to exhale. Cause then we got to see her be a person. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I I put in my notes that Marcus was essentially community dick. He <laughs> Shout out. Was community <laughs> dick. He absolutely was. How did you feel about his tactics though? Because I think the biggest thing for me about Marcus is not like, I don't care if you date multiple women. It's the lies. It's the the, the lengths you went to to get with these women that I didn't appreciate. It's the lies he tells himself. Like he's that quintessential guy who would absolutely lose his sugar honey iced tea if somebody called him out to his face that he was no good because he swears he's a nice guy. Nice guy. You know who Marcus Graham is in 2023? Tell me. Drake. Oh, shit. Yes. <laughs> I 1,000% agree with you. 1,000% agree with you. But what, but, but the only, the only difference I can see between Aubrey and Marcus is Aubrey that's tries, Aubrey tries, that's so funny. They cousins, one light skin, one dark skin, one brown skin. <laughs> the only difference between Aubrey and Marcus for me is Aubrey tries to play a victim. So it's not like you probably just be telling tales. Then you the, you the one who got your heart broken. Cause of probably one little thing you could say she did. And now it's you. Whereas Marcus was like, I know women. You got to watch them. You got to whine and dine and romance them. No, what you're doing is you straight lying. He told Leela Rashawn that he was engaged. He went to the church early and found his fiance (laughs) on the floor with his best man and the priest. Now, she dumb as hell for believing him. (laughs) But But also, Marcus out here paint by numbers with <laughs> all his dates and again like Aubrey it's like oh I'm a nice guy I remember reading in an article I buy Birkins for my future wife um, so I'm collecting them in my closet and you are not exhibiting any behavior that would warrant a monogamous relationship to give to one woman like he may be more what? honest with himself Bye. now than he was before because he does have the one song where he does talk about the fact that he can't be with one person. So maybe he's coming to terms with himself at this stage it, of the game. All I think of is you're actually the bad guy. Shout out to Billy. Sometimes we got to know when, when it's us. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes we got to know when it's Your us. Your villain era. We like to call about, we like to talk about our errors, <laughs> like villain era for sure. That's E-R-A. I apologize, y'all. My voice. <laughs> <laughs> so Lady Eloise, played by the incomparable Eartha Kitt. Her company Love her. is buying Marcus's. And to secure his position as head of marketing, 
he takes a meeting at Lady Eloise's house. Lavender Hill. Do I put in my notes? I want a house with a name. Okay. Girl, exactly. Like, I don't even know. Chateau Rose. I don't know. I'm something. coming up with things. Exactly. Something. Next time I have some type of uh, event at my house, come to, I'm going to make it up by the end. <laughs> the shit was fire. <laughs> so... When he goes to the house, he decides to um, sleep with her. Was this an abuse of power on Lady Eloise's part? Absolutely. But Marcus knew exactly what he was doing. He was trying to sleep his way to the top. Did it say something to you that even though he was this womanizer, he was also okay with using his sexual power in a way that he was being used do you know what I mean like I think he was so used to having the upper hand with women and in this case he is allowing himself to be the plaything in balance yeah Yeah. I feel like he did what he thought he had to do he was out here about can you make it darker for (laughs) (laughs) ambiance the fact that she was it. in there growling in the bedroom, I was like, oh my God. He knew exactly what he was doing. And the fact that her little uh, worker chuckled every time he left out of the room. Oh my goodness. And this is her MO. Like this is Lady Eloise. The same way he yes. has an MO, this is her MO, right? So to your point, it's not like he did not know what he was getting himself into. But um, it turns out Lady Eloise was actually the one who was powerless in terms of her company. She was merely Ooh. a figurehead at this point he finds that out through miss jacqueline who already worked for lady eloise and was his new boss and he made quite the impression when he hit on her in the lobby of the building what did you Mm -hmm. think of their quote-unquote meet cute it was fun i mean mark is literally meeting his match right you're the most beautiful woman i've ever seen and she's just like, ah, that's all you got. <laughs> right. That's the game you coming at me spitting. I also to be love- fair, I don't think he was really spitting game. I think he was like, oh, wow, you're really gorgeous. And thought he could put that on her. But again, speaking of the power dynamics, the assumption that she didn't have any power or that he automatically was senior to her said a lot about him. The way he even said in the elevator, like, oh, I'll let you know something because you're a pretty girl. Like, it's a grown woman. Exactly. Coming to be a boss at this new company. Um, But I also love that this was the days before the internet, right? Like, when she was like, oh, you're Marcus Graham. Like, you actually right. had to meet people for the first time face Word to face. Word of mouth. Yes. You couldn't just look them up on LinkedIn or have already seen them uh, on social media somewhere. Like that was kind of refreshing going back to the throwback of the days. I thought that their meet cute was interesting because when I watched it this time, I was thinking like he was looking at her like he was a predator and she was prey. But from the moment she saw him, she knew that he was toast. Like I saw it in her eyes because the moment she she looked at him. Was an apex predator. Exactly. Like, <laughs> for the mo- Like, I felt like the whole thing was almost staged. Like, she's standing here pretending like she's reading this magazine just to give you a little show. She looked over at you and was like, oh, you don't even know. You don't stand a chance. Let's discuss Grace Jones at Stranger for a second. 
Grace Jones, Grace Jones, move out the way. <laughs> wild, wild, wild. From that entrance at the party, announcing her as the new face of Lady Eloise to the scene discussing her fragrance and her rubbing her panties in the face of their chemist. I would quit, by the way. Poor man's face. I would have quit. Talk about first impressions. This was a light bulb moment for me and my understanding of Grace Jones. I was like, oh, this woman's insane. Because <laughs> <laughs> don't get me wrong, Grace Jones is a striking type of beauty, right? Like she has very strong features. And this is my introduction to her. And uh, honestly, this film is an exaggeration of who she is, right? But is she it? was out here doing some an crazy exagger- she was doing some crazy ish in in the 70s and 80s yeah and early 90s yeah so. she was a staple at studio 54 her and her exactly. boyfriend old dude from uh rocky they had parties orgies all sorts of things so you know it was just fascinating <laughs> and i was like oh yeah she's intense She's intent, but what kills me is that her bro- her brother is a well known pastor. I saw that. I was like, I didn't Noel even know Jones, that. He used I to come to the church I grew up at and and preach. And I was like, wait, that's your sister talking about night and day? <laughs> exactly, two sides of a coin for sure. But I would have loved to be at this launch party of Stranger. Like, imagine you're like this corporate person and you have this type of entrance not only did she cut uh, there was a helicopter there was a chariot bringing her yes. through the crowd like this would have been everything Wait, chariot of white men <laughs> did you pick that up i didn't but i'm glad you said that because they're probably the only white people in this movie <laughs> like besides the one the two or three folks that we saw serving them in some capacity throughout the movie they were the only white folks I always think about the white man who spit out his soup (laughs) when she was at the restaurant uh, propositioning Marcus, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Nasty Nelson kept them damn panties too. Of course he did. He is a sick mother (laughs) loving man. Okay. And Nelson had on a wedding ring. I was like, who is his spouse? (laughs) Where is she? His introduction and that campaign with the bananas and the cherries. I I think it's also funny because it's satire to the fashion industry because it's so heavily laden with sexual uh, like overtures, right? When it comes to, you know, uh, nakedness and women and their youth and, and all this for quote unquote art. It's like mm, some of these people have problems (laughs) you know what i mean it is not solely about the quote-unquote art i feel like they also tried to make it seem like oh he's french and so you know they just have a different palette and all of that but he was even he even went too far for the board when he came up with his one ad pitch that they all hated like he definitely took things to an extreme um and you have marcus who was supposed to like dial that back and reel him in but i'm like how did nelson ever even get a job because that part his vision he uh -uh. 
he would have so many sexual harassment and crazy charges on him today. Couldn't imagine it. So none of Marcus's usual tactics worked on Jacqueline. Case surprise, surprise. She had the power in their dynamic and wielded it as she saw fit. She had that man waiting for sex, for her time and attention, and for love. What were your thoughts on Miss Jacqueline? She's a savage. Classy, ratchet. No, <laughs> I was going to go down the list. She is just an absolute savage in the best way. Because, I mean, yes, the movie is from Marcus' perspective, but she literally could have been a man and no one would have bat an eye. I think one of the things I noted, too, about Jacqueline is she's kind of portrayed as the antithesis to the nice girl of of more of like who Angela plays. And I think that's kind of unfair because... When I was yes. thinking about this and when I looked at this, I was like, you know what? In the words of Slick Charles from our recap of Day Clone Tyrone, she sees you for what you are. Use a hoe. Yes. So, Marcus, you expecting her who knows your reputation to all of a sudden want to turn you into a housewife. Like, I think that Jacqueline mm. utilized you for what she saw you as. Mm. It's not that Jacqueline would not necessarily take a relationship seriously. She just don't take a relationship seriously with you. She does not take you seriously, period. <laughs> exactly. So I just, I had to put that caveat in there because I was like, I feel like Jacqueline would eventually go on to, you know, find somebody for herself, you know, possibly take that relationship seriously, all that. I don't think she's like Marcus. I think that she just saw Marcus for what he was at that time. So I'm here for Jacqueline. I enjoyed Jacqueline. The only times that I had issue was when I felt like she went over the line professionally. For instance, mm-hmm. that dinner you were talking about with Stranger and Marcus and Jacqueline, she had previously spoken to Stranger about his sexual abilities. Yes, that was. She is a client. Awful. That yeah. is so unprofessional. Agreed. They broke up. She broke up with him, rather, because Marcus felt some type of way. He was upset. He said, how dare you speak to that woman about what I've done and da 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 And he felt some type of way. She ended up dogging him out to the rest of the office. Crazy. What, was her behavior even remotely appropriate? Like, granted, Marcus and his shenanigans have been spread throughout the office of legend, right? You had Chris Rock legendarily playing uh, the, one of the male workers who knew everybody's business and they they right. thought he was going to be able to sleep with Jacqueline when she first got there within days, right? So right. the fact that this was flipped on its head, nobody could believe it. So on the one hand, it felt like, you know, karma. But on the other hand, did you feel like this was appropriate, her behavior oh, in the workplace? Peak, peak mean girls, for sure. Like, I thought it was uncalled for after a while. I'm like, you're kicking a dog while he's down at this point. That's what it felt like. Angela had to step in and have a little chat with her about the fact that it was affecting Marcus's work. Marcus ended up having to take a few weeks off after the board wanted to fire him. Was it nice of Jacqueline to help save his job? Or do you think she just knew he was really good at what he did? uh, So she wanted to keep him on. I think it was a little bit of both. I think I think part of it was her acknowledging the state he was in 
due to their personal relationship leaking into the professional and wanted to give him another opportunity because I think he does do good work, right? It's just who on this green earth gave Nelson such a long leash? (laughs) He did. He did because he was full on heartbroken when him and uh, Jacqueline first left together. Remember, he told the boys like, oh, I think she might, she could be the one. She could be Mrs. Graham. Yep. He thought that he had fucked around and fell in love. And when he came, I remember when he came into her office and called her babe, I was like, oh, this is not about to go well for you. Like, Not at all. And kissing up on her, I'm like, who are you doing this to? Like, sir? You know what it was? Marcus thought he was the prize. Marcus thought he was the prize. It's the audacity for me. Yeah. So... Let's talk about Marcus and O'Angela. They've been getting close. They're becoming buddies. Blossoming a great friendship. Seem to have some great conversations. They have really tried to mask Halle Berry's beauty in this film, by the way. First of all, you have Robin Givens and Halle Berry. Like, nobody's getting the short stick in this, between these two. And to your point, yeah, Halle could have played Jacqueline's role easily. Absolutely. Strictly Business came out not in between this time somewhere, right? And she was the girl in that film. And so it's yes. just funny. Like, y'all tried to have her, the when Angela, you, you first meet Angela and Jacqueline at that party, Angela's all buttoned up. You can't see nothing past her chin, right? And you got, exactly. you got Robin Givens' character as Jacqueline, this very form-fitting, beautiful dress and all this and that so you could definitely tell that there was a attempt to hide Hallie's beauty a little bit to not overshadow what the just a super attraction was supposed to be to Jacqueline in that way yeah and because of that Marcus had not been paying her any attention right he had kind of pushed her off to his friend Gerard played by your guy David Allen Greer but she had friend zoned him right it just wasn't Real really quick. good chemistry. They had he this whole zoned himself though. He like, did. He, was... <laughs> he did. Had no game. Like he sir. did. He did. I'm not sure uh, if you should invite, even though she met him through Marcus, a stranger to your home on a first date. But at least he got a kiss. I guess they had this Thanksgiving meal. Brought the parents. They got more action than he did for damn sure in that bathroom. R.I.P. to John Witherspoon. character but even though marcus had set them up they end up taking their relationship beyond friendship later that evening delora was marcus foul for messing around with angela given his friendship with gerard (sighs) technically yes yes you know bros before (laughs) i'm not calling angela a hoe but you understand what i'm trying to say um But at the same time, I think it's interesting how hurt um, Gerard was considering he was friend zone, right? Like, there's no future for you and her. So (laughs) if anything, it did come off a little bit as jealousy on his part towards Marcus because Marcus is able to bag him, you know? So... It, would, it it feels kind of shady because you also want to question like how long were you eyeing her? And he also was protective over Angela, rightfully so. And he didn't yeah. want her to get hurt with Marcus's mess. So 
Yeah, that was endearing. That was nice that he yes. said it as in, you know, because you're going to dog her out like you do every other woman. Right. So I understand the thought that obviously Gerard and Angela probably were never going to be more than friends. But I think Gerard had still kind of been holding out hope a little bit that maybe something was going to happen. And I think it would have been appropriate for Marcus to have at least talk to Gerard in Gerard's mind before he ever would make a move with a woman that he knows that he's had some level of an interest in. Now he doesn't have to, we grown. And I know I have a friendship with Angela, so I can do what I want. But I think in his mind, it's like, it would have been nice to leave, ha- at least have a heads up. And then to your, to your point again, it was super endearing that you are thinking about Angela and the fact that you see the way Marcus does women and you see the fact that these relationships never last. So I don't want to see that happen to Angela. She's a nice girl, as he put it um, when he was talking to him about it. So yeah, yeah, he was foul. So they end up in a relationship. Seems like things are going well, Delora. But when Jacqueline wanted that old thing back, Marcus went running after a slap. She was jealous, though. She was jealous. It wasn't even just that she was jealous. I think it was also, again, she only wanted Marcus for a certain thing. And once he got back to the man he had been when she first started fucking him, uh, I want that old thing back because now you're attractive again. You had lost that attractiveness to me. <laughs> you lost your mojo. Because he went soft, quote unquote, on her. <laughs> Mm-hmm. ready to you lost your mojo mm-hmm. yep she was like you're not i remember when i after that first time she was like you're not being serious on me are you like you know like you want this to grow into a relationship where we spend all of our time together are you like that was her response but i did love when <laughs> she was more interested in watching the Nixon Jordan play, which who wouldn't be in the Michael 90s? Jordan, Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan, <laughs> Michael Jordan. I want to be, I want to be like Mike. Um, but they had nothing in common anyway, and so it wasn't gonna last. My favorite scene was when she came after she did not tell him that her that she had taken a later flight, and she brought him that one rose. Oh my goodness, but she left the money on the bed and on the left the two hundred dollars on the nightstand. That was my I favorite thing. I felt scene. violated for him. <laughs> I felt I was like, gasp, clutch my pearls. Wow. So I said, as soon as he he got back to that mojo, she wanted that old thing back. Because as to her point, she never said that he was not good in bed. She said, I can tell you his reputation is well deserved. So but did you notice they only showed his pleasure they never showed the women's pleasure in this particular film and i was wondering touche if that was a thing of the past like equivalent to no belly buttons where it's like (laughs) a man can you know go to the moon and back but a woman do we have time for it? Like, I don't know. Too Shay. I mean, granted, you really only saw him and Jacqueline go there, go there. True. And maybe it was yes. supposed to be more about the dominance on her part of the situation that you only ever saw him achieving pleasure. Cause then it's like, oh, I'm giving you, I'm putting it on you. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. And you I'm putting it on you so good, you can't get enough. 
of old right. Jacqueline. So maybe it was that, but definitely we want to see women getting they thing, getting they swerve on and achieving <laughs> maximum pleasure in sexual situations. Yay for female orgasm. All right. So <laughs> period. <laughs> Marcus really thought he was going to be to come home in the middle of the night. And Angela just wasn't going to say nothing, I guess. I guess that's what he was thinking. It's the audacity for me, Ashley. Love should have brought your ass home last night. The writing was on the wall because when he answered that phone, when she answered that phone, and then he got on the phone and said, oh, Jacqueline, that was Angela. She just came over for a minute. When she had all her artwork throughout your entire apartment, I will say... The timelines of everything was a little unclear at this point. Like we went from kissing and cuddling over Star Trek to literally all of her artwork in his apartment. So like she was living there. She was living there. Okay. Because at the end of the movie, she says, no, I'm not moving in with you this time. I'm keeping my own place. So she had full on moved in with this man and he had the audacity on the phone to tell Jacqueline she just stopped by for a minute. That's what the writing was on the wall, baby, right? So when he comes home and then the next morning we got to talk about, you see, she tried to stay calm. I felt it simmering in my chest when she was trying to stay calm. It's insane. He said, there's just some things you can't control. She said, oh, really? Like what? I was like, you lucky there's not like a hot pot of grits on the on the stove or something. Cause I feel her rage, right? It's like you don't say. <laughs> so after a slap and that Tony Braxton song, Marcus continues on with Jacqueline for just a minute and then realizes the error of his ways. By the end, he wins Angela back using her students, because she had been teaching students art. So he gets to her little students to come find her in her new job. She's become an executress herself, a creative director at another company. But with a few fluffy words, Delora, like I can't breathe without you. He wins her back. Did he deserve another shot is my final question to you. Absolutely not, Alex, for 1000. <laughs> I was furious rewatching it for this recap kept shaking my head like he is such a fuck boy absolutely not no thank you no thank you we are living together you stay home you stay late at work just to show up in the middle of the night like you haven't stuck your dicks in somebody else and then at like the next morning that i'm over exaggerating because some things you just can't control it's a no for me, dog. What I always say, I feel like in these type of situations is where is the pattern of corrective behavior? We're not just going to slide back into my cheeks <laughs> that easy <laughs> without showing a pattern of corrective Ooh. behavior. I don't need a few shout out to my job. I don't need outliers. I need to see a trend. Okay. That Give is me a the series chart. of events. Okay. Give me the chart. <laughs> you think you about to just start teaching the kids. I introduce you to my class and come up in here talking about you quit your job. And suddenly we back together. 
Yeah, I feel like there needed to be more groveling. I feel like there needed to be more um, substantial evidence that he had learned the error of his ways. But ultimately, this is an Eddie Murphy production. And we get what we got. I still love this movie so much because, like I said, there's so much good humor, great talent, great lessons in this film that I so enjoyed. So, Delora, give me your final thoughts about boomerang man such an all-star cast and what i love is they weren't necessarily all stars um at that time but no the fact that eddie murphy in his ex- success was able to be that springboard for um i want to call her gina tisha for martin for david Greer, for chris um, rock for Chris Rock, like that is what I absolutely love. Like that famous uh, quote that says, you know, you may be the first, but you won't be the last. And Eddie Murphy has shown that throughout his career from coming to America to Beverly Hills Cop to Boomerang. And I just, I love that so much. Um, and I appreciate it, but I appreciate that about him. And um when it comes to this movie, he was feeling himself. He was on top of the world. And he was feeling himself. And he's like, I am fly. I look good. Um, the skin was flawless. Honestly, listen, the skin was flawless. He was like, this is my my pretty boy era. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> he said, we got money. We got money. We, we got, got self-care. <laughs> we got self-care. We got time. We got exactly the budget and we got all the beautiful women. So tonguing them down in this movie. I don't think I have ever seen, except for maybe uh, what's the one movie with Omar Epps and Tyra Banks where they were, I mean, their sex scenes were gratuitous. I was like, this should not have even made the final cut. They were in college. Is it higher learning? Yes. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Their sex scenes were too much. I I can't even believe that made it into a film. It was a lot. But he was t- like, y'all, there's no, name me another feature or another project where people be getting down the way he was getting down with these women. Scandal. Now see, maybe it's the black kissing for me because I don't remember it feeling this passionate. <laughs> I don't know. Scandal. The chemistry for a scandal was so perfect and intense. Uh, Tony was slipping uh, Carrie the tongue every once in a while. So I don't think I caught it. Maybe insecure. Insecure has some had some. Oh yeah, and we have booty cheeks too. Yeah, but somebody (laughs) on Twitter was like, "Give Tony Goldwyn's wife a purple heart for her service for watching him and Carrie go at it on Scandal." But see, her husband, Carrie's husband. She didn't know him then. She was with somebody else or sing and or single. So and she was in the clear. Okay. <laughs> I was just about to say her husband. I mean, that's what you're going home to. Ain't nobody mad at you. It's a beautiful man. This movie was fun. I'm glad we got a chance mm-hmm. to do this recap. Got to start incorporating some other favorite throwback films um, as we have been doing. We've done mean girls we've done the devil wears prada we did our favorite so i did the bodyguard and you did what was your movie again the departed the departed and in 2023 eyes i'm like oh 
Woo! So much white male misogyny. Yeah, that was a rough cast. That was a rough cast. So yeah, we'll we'll start doing some more throwbacks as well. You guys give us any suggestions of some throwback films that you guys really enjoy to add to our list. So that's it for our recap of Boomerang, guys. Appreciate you sticking with us through it. Hope you enjoyed your rewatch of this 90s rom-com classic. Let's move on to Hidden Gems, Laura. What you got for the week for the people? All right, Ashley, I have two Hidden Gems. Uh, the first is number one on Amazon Prime. It is the original movie, Red, White, and Royal Blue. I believe I told y'all about this book last year. One of my absolute favorite rom-com books of 2022 that I read. Um, It's about a prince of England and the first son falling in love. And the book is better. (laughs) I am going to say it. they always? The book is better. Uh, But they did a great job casting in terms of looks because... Tyler is so, so good looking. And uh, Nicholas is very charming. Um, But yeah, it was a fun watch. I think they did a great job. I love seeing Rachel Maddow and uh, uh, Joy in this movie, like reporting out as if this was like real life um, drama and everything like that. A lot of fun. So yeah, highly recommend Red, White, and Royal Blue. My second hidden gem, Victoria Monet on my mama. Her music video is an ode to. I look like I look good. Sorry. Thousands music videos. I mean, the influence is just everywhere from Sierra to Maya. And then shout out to her actually having, what's his name? Charlie Day. She did a phenomenal job the looks the dance the choreography the coat choreography bravo sis i am i knew i was going to be obsessed with this song when you sampled it earlier this year the song came out obsessed the video still obsessed bravo victoria monet this next generation is going to be all right what about you ashley tis a hit baby tis a hit yes um my hidden gem is also music. It is Ladies First, a story of women in hip hop documentary on Netflix. I'm sure you guys are aware that hip hop has been celebrating its 50th anniversary all year long. Wow. And this really gave flowers to so many of the women in hip hop that paved the way, as well as the new crop of artists of today. So everybody from Roxanne Shante, Rhapsody, Queen Latifah, Lotto, Cardi B, Sweetie, The Brat, Remy Ma, MC Light, and on and on were discussed and or interviewed. This documentary is four episodes shout out to our girl miss hannah beekler who served as one of the directors on this project um it was just great i mean they didn't shy away from anything they even had the discussion about the assault from dr dre in this series and i just thought it was really well done and really well crafted and definitely an homage and giving flowers to the wonderful ladies of hip-hop so definitely encourage everybody to check that out on netflix and that is it that is all 
Guys, we appreciate you for sticking with us. Please share this episode with everyone you love, like, and are indifferent about. (laughs) We appreciate it so much. We will be back. But in the meantime, as always, be blessed.